Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota, SA's number one Toyota dealer. Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd, Marcos Flores and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Indeed, welcome to this week's podcast. And this may well be the most emotional one we ever, ever do. The passing of Diego Maradona. Some say the greatest of all time. We'll debate that at length. But first of all, Marcus Flores, I want to say a very warm welcome to you. And what does this mean to you? We're told that uh, Argentina will go into three days of mourning. Um, I don't uh, I know. Um, obviously, I don't want to, um, to dramatise this, but... Uh, it touched me, to be honest. It touched me big time. I didn't, I never. I, I always knew that that he was going to pass away eventually. He's yeah. a human, but for us Argentinians, he was not a human. He was a superhero. He was a little. When I was five years old, we didn't have a, a Facebook to imitate some some clips, you know, of of players playing the highest level. I'm, I'm, my inspiration was just getting my ball, mm. going to the backyard and just and just naming myself Maradona, mate, mm. and just trying to imitate some little play that we could see in the World Cup in '90. So I don't know, man. Um, thank you, thank you, Diego, for for give us for give us the real football, mate. When Argentina won the World Cup in 1986, do you remember the scenes? Tell, describe the streets to me, the city streets. What happened? The thing is, um, Chris, um, I know the 86 by 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 the legend because I was I born in 85, so okay. I was one year older. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but obviously, uh, uh, the, 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 for what I know, for what I seen, and for 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 all the things that happened, um, we still live in this World Cup. Mm. It's not a, a day yeah. that this World Cup doesn't come to 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 the fairy tales to the to the to the to the talks, you yeah. know. Constantly yeah. we are stuck there. That, that that is a beautiful emotional thing. Yeah. But it's also you know going you know is is hurting us to just stuck in '86 and not progressing. Sure. You know? What what do you think will be happening at home? What will be happening in the streets and restaurants and bars? Try and explain that because you South Americans, you are very emotional people. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more with this guy, more with this guy. Um, um, I think I think that will happen exactly what happened when when Che Guevara passed away mm-hmm. for Cuba. Yeah, I think it's gonna happen exactly what what happened with with legends, icons mm. of the of the history. Yeah, because uh, I think Maradona was was this was not just only a soccer player. Mm. He he. Just to give an example, guys, in '86 when he scored a goal against England, mm. these two beautiful goals. In in '82, four years before, we lost the fight, the, the war against England, and all the journalists went to him and I, and asked Maradona, "Is that a revenge?" Mm. Maradona was a captain, and he said, "Yes, it is." And the teammates were saying, Valdano, Vruchaga, they were saying, no, 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 let's don't mix football with politics. Mm. And then the journalists said, come back to Maradona, and, and, and they said, Maradona, your teammates are saying to, 
that football is we don't need to mix it with politics. And he said, I don't care what they're saying. Mm. I will play for every single soldier that went and didn't come back home, and for every single mum that is waiting his kid to come back. Gee, that's powerful stuff. Jesus Christ! And the, and, and then and then and then ninety minutes, a uh, few hours later, the, this guy scored the two most amazing goals of the history of football in just only ninety minutes. You're talking about the Falklands War, which yeah. uh, was yeah. Yeah, Argentina and England. Uh, Albie, we will debate. We always debate. When he was alive, we debated it. Pele, Maradona. Uh, where does Maradona sit? Well, it's coming back to Marcus's point. He's, he's a world figure, you know. Uh, people will be mourning, you know. There'll be lots and lots of tears. That's but um, fabulous player. Uh, for me, best player in the world of all time. Um, very sad. Very, very sad. Mm. But what a player he was. And, you know, we had the, the pleasure last year um, interviewing you and I, that's um, Brian Robson. Mm-hmm. And Brian Robson um, said that he was the best player in the world as well. Mm. So um, that's good testimony of what we're thinking as well. One of the goals from the World Cup that Marcus touched on, uh, he got the ball in his own half, and I think he beat six English players and put it into the back of the net. It's been, scri- been described as the greatest goal of all time. Is it? Oh, that was a tremendous goal. You know, as you say, a run from the halfway line. But um, you look at the England defenders, it was pretty poor defending from Peter Reid, especially. Uh, but the the goal I do remember that um, a lot of Scotsmen will remember is the one where he's handballed it. Mm. He's one he pretended he headed it. The referee never seen it. it was certainly a handball. Yep. Uh, that was one of that was that was one of the best goals I've seen. Marcos, uh, describe that goal to me though. The the greatest of all time. If you think about it, he took the ball in the halfway and in seven seconds he put the ball. Seven seconds. Mm. So if you analyze this and you make one person to run without the ball, it would take more than seven seconds to go. (laughs) And this guy did it with the ball in the Mexican field was the ball was bouncing. Was not in the cup. No, guys. Mm. Was not in the... (laughs) So it was... Crazy! You can always watch this game and analyze a little more, mm. another little detail. But Albert, you say poor defending. He has beaten though some of the best defenders in the world in that series, that that passage of play. I mean, we're talking a World Cup England team that were favoured to actually go on and win. So they're no slouches. No, no. But I do remember vividly the P- Peter Reid never matched his run, and you know, but how he scored the goal, he actually he drew the goal, the final. Seconds of the seven seconds, he actually dragged the ball around the goalkeeper and yep. slotted it in. It was yeah. just an amazing. Um, the, the skill in that goal, Dits, was incredible. Mm. Val, I'll bring you in as a, a longtime journalist in, in the game that you absolutely adore and love. What did he mean to you? Everything. The, un, undoubtedly, the greatest player of all time, in my, my opinion. Um, if you look off the field, a lot of people are complaining about what he did off the field, but on that pitch, nobody comes close. Messi does not come close. Cristiano Ronaldo doesn't come close. Well, Val, Pelé to, doesn't come close. Val, to come at that point now, you know, what you've got to understand here is playing in different eras, when Messi's playing in this current day, modern day game, he's very well protected from the referees because the game's changed now the rules yeah. have changed have you, have you have you blown someone to fall over they get a foul yep. right yep. in Maradona's day 
and and Brian Robson really um, vouched for this. There were scathing tackles there coming in, and Maradona would have been targeted yeah. every single week. Yeah. I remember that game in the 82 World Cup where uh, Claudio Gentile from Italy was marking Maradona who ended up with maybe just half a shirt on his back. Mm -hmm. And, like, his legs were just chopped to pieces. Uh, just one of, one of the things that I wanted to, 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 to mention uh, is, there, is there, if, someone, if someone, if our listeners did not watch the, the Maradona documentary with Costa Rica, the Serbian, the Serbian journalist, please watch it. Because actually Maradona said in that interview with this interviewer, he said, you don't have any idea. He, Maradona mm. said mm. to the journalist, you don't have any idea which type of player I was. Mm. And I could have been. And the, and the journalist said, what, what, what are you talking about, Diego? You are the best one. I said, look, I messed up with drugs. Mm. I was giving advantage to people. I was not sleeping, and they couldn't catch me. Mm. Mm. Marcus mentioned earlier on the 86 uh, World Cup that sent when he was one. I was a bit older than that. Uh, but uh, looking at the 86 World Cup, <laughs> you know, Maradona was just totally outstanding. Mm. He won the World Cup basically on his own. You know, you can speak about the Argentinian team. With all due respect to the players there, there wouldn't be a lot of players or a lot of former pros that would remember the players that played with Maradona in that World Cup. Yep. And really, he won that World Cup basically on his own. He had decent players around him, let's be honest about it, but not world-class, well, not world-class players, but... I, w I want to ask something on this. He has decent players, yeah? But if you analyse the squad, they were, yeah, they were okay players, it's true. But all of them, they were captains in their teams. So good lead leadership, yeah. In yeah. unbelievable. So you actually have 10 captains next to Maradona <laughs> saying Maradona, yes. Yeah. So when you do that, so mm -hmm. if you think about Argentina, which Messi, he, it is a captain, yeah, but, but then you see all the squad of Argentina and you don't have a captain, Argentinian captain of AC Milan. Mm. No anymore. In that 86 was... Plenty players, captains, captains, real captains. That's a good point you make. Very good point. How about what he did with Napoli? Like a team that had been around the city <laughs> for, for, I don't know, maybe 100 years now, didn't win a thing, a single thing on the big stage. He won two city R titles, won the was it Europa Cup back then as well. And you go to the city now, and, and it's one of my favourite cities in, in the world, there's a massive mural still of Maradona in in uh, one of their one of their side streets. They're still selling shirts of Maradona. He he's still everywhere. He is like the god of Napoli. Just totally transformed that city.
There you go. There's a man excited. Victor Hugo Morales. It's a famous piece of commentary from when Maradona scored what is called the goal of the century. Let's go now to a man who played against him in the World Cup qualifier in 93. Tony Vidmar, 1993, you played against Diego Maradona. What are your memories of that day? Uh, well, unfortunately, I gave an assist to a radio who, uh, who still claims that, that it was a mishit. So uh, <laughs> I, I got I to sort him out on that one. Uh, uh, look, it was a, uh, a, an unbelievable uh, evening. Um, you um, coming up against uh, Argentina, who shouldn't really been there for the, uh, for the playoffs. Um, and one Diego Maradona decided to uh, come to Australia to uh, show what uh, what he could do. Um, he probably wasn't at his at his fittest or at his finest then, but you could still see the quality that uh, that he had back then. Um, but to uh, to have him play in uh, in Australia was uh, was uh, was special. You know, you. Uh, you saw what he, uh, you know, what he did as uh, in his career, and um, you know, even the years before that uh, with Argentina. Just being in that same pitch, Vidi, as a player coming into that game, and everybody expected Argentina to belt the Socceroos, and then uh, unfortunately, yep. it uh, you didn't get belted in Argentina, but you missed out the world. What did it mean to you as a player coming up against Diego Maradona, the greatest? Yeah, you're you're on the field. You just, you know, why you're shitting yourself because <laughs> you, you just, you, you know, he he could just turn something from from nothing into something uh, something special. He could, you know, find passes through the eye of a needle. Uh, no, no, no other player could do that. Um, I look. He was brought back because of his influence he has with the the players, and um, uh, unfortunately, we uh, we got. Got to see it, Tony. That would have been uh, one of the biggest games you've played, and you, you, you had a serious um, career yourself. There, you've played with world class players, especially at uh, Glasgow Rangers in your era. Uh, is he the best player that you've played against? Oh yeah, by far. By far, he uh, was uh, was the you know the best in the world. I, I think uh, what uh, what he did on the field was. Um, um, uh, uh, was not normal. Uh, if you talk about uh, not being normal, I don't think he was. Uh, he was that. Um, just the way that uh, he could just control a game. Um, as I said, the way he controls the ball, the way he took players on, the way he could influence uh, players around him. Uh, as an opposing team, you get sucked in because you get drawn to him, and and he's able to, as I said, make uh, passes through either needle. Uh, to, to teammates running onto uh, on, onto goals, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely the best in the world. And he only had one foot as well. To tell me, <laughs> imagine if he had two feet. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, here's a question from me as a bit of an outsider. I'm just wondering. I mean, the man is an absolute genius when it comes to football. You've been involved in a lot of coaching, and, and especially with our good young players here in Australia. Do you show them? Uh, videos of him or is it or is it not I mean it's just something a person is born with you can't teach it you can't tell someone else to do it uh, do you still use that sort of instruction though to say look watch Maradona and just you know look on and, and admire uh, look I, I think his you know his upbringing is definitely one thing um, you know where he grew up in, in the slums so 
for a weight for them and, and it still is to the day there in, in, in parts of South America and you know Marcos can probably uh, agree or uh, add to that yep. is that it's a way of life a way for them to get out of what they have and, and try to get out to support their family um, but you know you can whether you're born with it but I'm pretty sure he would have been practicing all that uh, as a kid out in the streets you know he he wouldn't have you know playstation you know he wouldn't mm. have any other distractions and, and that's and that's our our society that's uh, that's how we are at the moment but uh, then it's uh, yeah uh, you know he would have been 24 7 out 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 playing you know you know tony um um something that that actually um i was thinking about a question that that we formulate before um when we're talking about maladona if 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 me as a youth developer, if I actually could try to try to teach something about this man, is something that you already said two or three times in this interview, how influential he was with his teammate. Mm. So for me, a kid that is 11 years old and play good football, to go to the next level, this kid needs to influence, influence another players around him to be better. And that is the little the little clip that we that we could actually show about Maradona. Even when he just go walk into the field, you can see in his eyes how he's empowering the entire team. Mm. Correct. Hey Tony, Sorry. well said, mate. On this well, in this very very special week with the passing of Diego Maradona, it was great to hear from your experience of uh, playing against him. Thanks, mate. Yep. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Tommy. There he is. Tony Vidmar, assistant coach with the Socceroos these days and a terrific fella. Marcos, a very, very tough week for you, I know, but uh, I'd like to move on. Uh, We will never, ever forget Diego Maradona. There's no doubt about that. But I'm really, really keen. We're all keen to hear about your new venture here in South Australia. Tell us about your new club. Beautiful. I just we announced a few days ago that we gonna start the Adelaide Atletico FC, a junior football club. Um, is under the banner of FFSA, so we're gonna be competing the JSL level, um, and we're gonna um, we're gonna um, register teams from six to sixteens, and we're gonna have um, amateurs on top, two teams in, on amateurs and. And we're thinking also, um, which is the mo- one of the most important thing, is that we got a um, an inclusion academy that is gonna be led by Chris Oakley, um, a, 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 a player coordinator, to actually assisted by me to start um, helping kids with disability. Also. Okay, what a terrific concept! What a great thing to do. Yeah, so one of the most interesting things um, that, that one of the concepts is that we don't have trials. We you don't? Just, no. We just invite everyone to play soccer and, and we improve them. Um, and we believe that we can do it, that yeah. we can improve players. We believe that that should be the concept of an amateur football club. Hmm. You bring every single player. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then you play against West Adelaide and you get smashed, no problem. Next day we're going to come back again. And we're going to be resilient and we're going to face the defeat just to evolve, to make an evolution. So how many, how many grades will you have? How many junior teams will you have? Well, in, four, in 72 hours um, that we announced the club, we, comp- we complete uh, one team under six. So I'm really excited. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, but there is a, it, it is a group of, of, of uh, 11 players of under 16s 
that surprisingly because I thought that the 16s are being left out and, and more, more than likely everyone got registered already. Um, but um, um, we we believe now that that we've got a concept that every single Thursday are going to be running sessions for free mm. um, so they can see what all Atletico philosophy, mm -hmm. what we want to do. Um, um, and slowly, slowly, if someone is listening, um, is being let down or is being told at nine years old that it's not good enough, here is an opportunity for you to come and, and prove me right. Not to prove people wrong, though. Mm. It's to prove me right because mm. I believe that the kid that is stimulated and we guide them with pillars, pillars of respect, fairness, technology, community, um, um, community, um, 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 which is uh, the, the inclusivity. Yep. You know, we can we can be more than just a club. Fantastic. Can you imagine if Diego Maradona was born in this country? Mm -hmm. The way football is structured now, mm. we would never have seen him play football. Yep, mm. you're right. He would never have played. It's way, way too expensive for people, you know, born out of poverty mm. like Diego mm. was. And that's something I think that Atletico... Is addressing, it's, yeah? it's, it's affordable, yeah. It's not. It's affordable. Um, I'm being. I'm being um, meetings with with presidents of of clubs and 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 every club have a different circumstances. Yeah. And expenses are yep. completely different. The expenses of Cambodian with expenses of Winamato Club is completely different, mm. and that sometimes makes the fees of the juniors to be extremely expensive. So here's my first question then. How are you going to fund this? We're going to fund with this juniors, with the, with the, with the fees of the juniors. Yeah. And now what, what, how, if, if it is going to be affordable, yeah? Yeah. I need to spend no more than three or $4,000 in, so, in the soccer field. Mm-hmm. Is is a matter. I can I can actually rent high high mash to to be affordable. Mm. So we need to be affordable. We need to actually don't expend money to senior players. Mm -hmm. First of all, on top we got sponsors that make our our amateur soccer um, amateur soccer team to enjoy the game. Yep. And we got sponsors that wanted to help us to pay the gear. Great. Right. And we start inviting people to get together. And I, I read where you will be based in the northeastern suburbs. Have yeah. you found a home? Yes, we find a home. Obviously, for the for for a situation that I, I, for the COVID nineteen, we put out papers, but the the college was a little bit a little bit um, um, in travel. Not, not in travel with the with the things. So it was with the COVID nineteen situation. They were over overwhelmed by things. Mm. But we we we're gonna be basing one college there, um, and, right. and we're really happy. I went on your website. I tried to buy a hat and a shirt already, but the shop's not open yet. It's not open yet. What colors? <laughs> what colors will your club wear? It's gonna be black, white, and pink. And black, the, white, and, and pink. And, and, yeah, and pink is um um. I've, everything has a purpose. Obviously, um, pink is is a color that that we're gonna stand up and, and help the the the, the 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 woman with breast cancer. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, and, and the reason Great why stuff. I want to do this is not randomly. Is because um, I don't know if you guys noticed that I play with the number forty eight uh, the last three years of my career. Yeah. And um, and the forty eight is in our logo. Uh, not many people can see it, but it's there. And and the year and and the forty eight is the forty eight years that my godmother lived hmm. 
she got diagnosed by cancer at 28. She lived 20 years telling me, Marcos, you're going to mm. be a coach. Marcos, you she was a head coach of hockey. Mm -hmm. And she got diagnosed by cancer. Now one few has the name of her in Argentina. Okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to actually tell my players, our players, you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can run a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You, we don't have excuses. It's more than just a game and let's just play. Let's, let's play with less excuses. Fantastic. I'm just looking at your brochure here and um, the slogan says it all for me that you're more than just a club, more than football, game on, let's just play. Hmm. Fantastic. Fantastic. Mate, all the best with that. Very, Thank very you. proud of what you're doing. And um, the sentiment behind it is fantastic. And you're going to give a lot of young people opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we believe in it. And we oh, committed. Well we committed. I'm going to bleed for this club. In the well, we'll all sign up. I know, Albie, we'll be, we'll be members of your club, okay? Oh, I love it. Love we'll it. sign Thank up. Thank you very we'll much. We'll be your first members. Thank hey, you. Uh, let's talk some local football. Val, will we play the grand final here in Adelaide in the NPL? That's the big question, isn't it? And... Uh, at the moment, I think we're going to find out on December 1 when the state government... Well, clubs issues. haven't been able to train for a couple of weeks, so and, and that means they're all in the same boat. I understand that, but it's not ideal that the three clubs remaining cannot train and then would be asked to play a, a big final, pre, prelim final, and then a grand final. And it's many, many weeks with not having played the game. Now, again, I'll say they're all in the same boat, but it's not ideal. And I'm not blaming anyone, by the way. This is the situation we're in. So it's not the Federation's fault. I'm not having a crack at no, them, no, no. but I'm just questioning whether it should go ahead or not. What I don't like is the silence. I think we need to be updated continually yep, yep. about what's, what's happening because it looks like if it's going to happen, it will be played just before Christmas, the grand final NPL. I'm not too fussed about the NPL perhaps not having the grand final, and I'm happy that Comets have won it, their premiership. It's more so State League 1 and 2 because there's still games for that promotional spot. Right, right. That's the one I'm concerned. They're yeah. the two leagues I'm yeah. concerned about, and I think they need to work through that more so than the grand final. All right, fair enough. Let's talk EPL as we do each and every week. Uh, and, Val, you've uh, dug up some um, results here from a gentleman named Acrobeto who's making a bit of a name himself around the world. English Premier League. F12. One, Manchester United, three. This is a palace for Leeds United, one. <laughs> Chelsea, four. The Reserve United, one. West Ham, one. Fulham, nil. Sun, Sunday, West Bromwich, nil. Tottenham Hotspur Space, one. Manchester City one, Liverpool one, Arsenal nil, Aston Village. Aston Village. Aston Village, right So there you go. Now, he's a, an African gentleman, isn't he? And we're not, we're not mocking him and no, no, not no, no, making no. fun of him, but he is becoming a worldwide sensation. It's he really that is. That went viral. And, and like, I think he, these are the scores he read out, not from last weekend, the weekend before. Yeah. <laughs> he did the Bundesliga, and I might have this for next week. And I'm, I'm looking at the website every day because 
This guy is turning into an absolute mm. legend <laughs> because it's just the way he says the Italian yeah. names, the, the English Premier League, and the German Bundesliga. He's absolutely butchered it to pieces, right. and I reckon I'll get that one. But, right. I mean, it's fun. Nah, we love it. it. It's fun. We're only having fun, so do you want to out there, please don't accuse us of anything. We're just uh, having a bit of a laugh. Uh, in what is a very, very uh, tough week in the world of football. No doubt about that. Uh, Albert, I cannot believe it. Man United get a penalty and beat West Bromwich Albion. These top sides always get the bloody penalties. It's unbelievable. Robbed. Well, robbed West Bromwich Albion. Robbed. Yeah, there's a bit of press as well that uh, the top teams are getting penalties, especially Man United. But yep. you're right, that's, um, that was... Uh, Game was in the balance here at 0-0 and they, they, mm. they get a penalty. So, All right. What did you enjoy this week in the EPL, Albie? Yeah, I watched a lot of, lot of the games. Uh, Tottenham beating Man City 2-0. Man yeah. United obviously winning against uh, West Brom. Uh, Liverpool 3, Leicester 0. Um, looking at the league table, guys, you know, Spurs right at the top there. So Mourinho... You know, we, we, we've we all bagged him across the years there, especially when he was at... Um, Man United and, and whatnot. We did bag him again last year. That's uh, when he was at Spurs, not doing well. But there he is. He's he's at the top of the league there. Liverpool sitting second. Chelsea third. Leicester, Southampton and Everton. So that's a, an unusual top six there. You're looking at Man United uh, in 10th spot. Arsenal in 12th spot. Man City, 13th. West Bromwich Albion. At the bottom of the league, second bottom. That's they should be strong because they're always there. They've always got some teams on the top of their shoulders, so they should be a lot stronger. Is Guardioli <laughs> worrying off? I City? think he is. We had a com- we, we made comment on that um, a few weeks ago. Val in the, one of the first shows or the second show. But when I see Guardioli um, being interviewed now, I think he's lost his desire. He's not passionate enough about the club, in my opinion. I think he wants back in Europe. I think he, he would really like to go back to Spain. Mm. I'm pretty sure. And then Arsenal. How boring are they to watch these? They, they used to be the most <laughs> entertaining team. Yeah. And uh, with their new manager, Arteta. Arteta. They are so boring. So conservative. Well, when you've got to question your players, what his comment was, uh, our players need to have a look in the mirror. He should look at himself. Now that's it, yeah. But that's a, that's a nasty uh, saying to your players that, you know, you should be getting that. For me, if you, when you're a coach, you should... <laughs> Yeah. Keep that in-house. You shouldn't make comments like that because players do go against you in this modern-day game now. You've got to have a happy dressing room. He needs to go on with Arteta and get his team up up the league. So what he essentially said to the Arsenal owners is, sack me now, get rid of me now, <laughs> pay me out, and I'm, I'm done. Surely. Yeah. Do you reckon that I could have a chance if I call Guardiola to get other Atletico FC amateurs? <laughs> Use your contact. You've always, hey, use your no contact. harm. No harm in asking. You've got to ask the question. Albie, what are you looking forward to this week? What games are coming up? Well, the, the, the top two games that is uh, Man City uh, at home against Everton. They've got to start bouncing back here. Everton had a good one at, at the weekend, 3 2, and a very, very tough game. I watched that whole game. It could have went either way, but they, they, they got the three points. So Everton's you know, back on track. Man City needs to get back on track. And Chelsea versus Arsenal. So wow. uh, that's going to be a massive game for mm. Arsenal. If they could get this, a derby match, obviously, in, yep. in London, as we all know. But uh, I can't see Arsenal beating Chelsea at home. Mm. Just uh, quickly as well, uh, before we go, I, I had a look at the Scottish League. You wouldn't believe it. Rangers and Celtic are first and second. I just can't believe it. Well, that's really? it. That's, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Hey, who would have thought? Are you having a crack? That's no. a standard what thing. Is it time standard to get these what? two teams into the Of course EPL? it is. Should have happened years ago. I agree with that. 
Yep. You do but, Ra- <laughs> but Rangers on the top, normally it's Celtic on the top. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes <laughs> it really <laughs> interesting. Hell. <laughs> the, other way, the other way around. Isn't that fantastic? You've been listening to The Real Football Show here. Uh, thanks again to Albie Kid, Marcus Flores and Val Miliaccio. And uh, Marcus, I know it's going to be a very, very tough week for you, but uh, the passing of Diego Maradona, just such a significant uh, event in the world of Argentinians. And on the other note, good luck with setting up your club, uh, you. Adelaide Atletico. And uh, I know many, many people will be keen to support you. Well done. Thank you, Valer. Thank you very much. Triple M's The Real Football Show Catch-Up. Saturday mornings from 7am for CMI Toyota. SA's number one Toyota dealer.